Hey everybody, this is Connor with Friends Stream Sports. Just want to thank you for checking out our podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Check us out on our YouTube page as well, just by typing in Friends Stream Sports. Give us a like and subscribe. And if you want to join us live, we do record Tuesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern on Twitch, just by typing in Friends Stream Sports. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm Rutledge, and we're Friends Stream Sports. We're real friends who talk about real sports in real time, and we're back here at full strength tonight. Connor, feels good. Feels It feels good, and we're going to really test our internet strength here, especially my internet strength down in Orlando, as Tropical Storm Elsa is trying to rain on our parade. But the good news is that it's an electronic parade. So well, maybe our show won't be frozen then. Oh, maybe. Oh, the first of many. You know what? The cold never bothered the suns anyways. No, not so much. The suns have definitely heated their way into the playoffs uh, and jumping into the finals. But speaking of jumping, Connor and I tonight, shameless plug, we really thought we were going to jump in on time this evening, and uh, we did not. We, oh, we did. It's 801. We're in we're into okay, it. We kind of made it. Oh yeah. Oh, so Rutledge, uh, how is how are things? We missed you last week. You know, it was good. I have a new job. I'm adjusting to my new workplace. I enjoy what I do. Um it is just sometimes when you're a grown up, there's more things that get in your way besides just friends and sports. I don't know about that. One of one of the uh, number one things I learned from working out when I played college football was that nothing gets in the way of a hard body. So I think that nothing should ever get in the way of friend stream sports, but I'm just saying. Nothing should, but some things do. Oh man. Well we oh, do have a we do shot. have a pack show tonight, Rutledge. What's what's first up? First up is our normal first quarter soccer talk. So oh, we my have gosh. I mean, we have a lot of soccer talk going on. I want to start with uh, I want to start with Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, for those of you who don't know, he's currently playing with Argentina in Copa America, which we'll cover in a minute. But um, Lionel Messi is one of the, in my opinion, one of the second most popular current player. But Connor, you can give your take. Um, he's not signed back with Barcelona, and uh, Barcelona has big things they want to do. Connor, where do you see him going? Well, it's interesting. Neither Lionel nor Lionel Messi um, have signed their contract with Barcelona. That's number one on the evening uh, for those counting Rutledge's name mispronunciations. Uh, ding. ding. Um, yeah, so Barcelona, they, they're they one of those teams just like a variety of other the large clubs uh, in light of COVID that really, uh, really relied on having a – full stadium week in week out and the economy that generated uh, around their around their uh, stadium for their games and soccer European soccer UEFA has this weird thing it's called financial fair play and kind of in essence it, it says you know you can't net zero dollars and it keep your roster intact as it is so it's kind of a you know a share of your your revenues they kind of look at that and it's sort of a year in year out how much money can you spend because let's remember uefa doesn't have a salary cap 
Barcelona already had, they've already sold a couple players uh, on the Barcelona message boards. There's a few guys that they sold. Um, uh, Conrad De La Fuente went to Marseille and the big joke was, you know, they sold Conrad for 3 million euro. Just watch Barca will buy him back in three years for 50 million euro. Cause that's the kind of business they tend to do these days. And the, Oh, you nice steal there. And so I think that, um, Part of it, there's a little bit of financial fair play piece, at least from the Barcelona side. They're saying, you know, La Liga and UEFA is kind of holding us up. You know, we're going to get this done. But Leo, he's he's a free agent. Uh, You know, PSG could come in and come after him. Uh, Juventus could come in and come after him, pair him up with Ronaldo. And there there are some definite uh, question marks around that. I think each day that passes by, it's a little bit more, I'm thinking about it in terms of, uh, does Leo want to come back to Barcelona? So that's definitely a story we'll be watching outside of how many direct free kicks Leo gets in the uh, Copa America. That free kick was sweet that he had in Copa America. Against um, the entire speak- Ecuador team? Literally? The in- There's Copa America. Argentina plays Colombia tonight. And um, if you didn't know this going into it, Neymar, who's, of course, Brazilian, if you didn't even know this, Argentina and Brazil are big rivals. Neymar wants um, wants Messi and Argentina to win so they can play them in the finals, but Neymar has even said then they would win the finals. So that's big coming up. Um, did, did you catch I, uh, the Euros today? Did you catch that semifinal match between Italy and Spain? Who won that one? Was it the Italians? Uh, you said don't sleep on them. Never. Yeah, dude. The... I think London, because uh, the both semifinals and the finals are played at Wembley. I'll put it to you this way, Rutledge. I think Italy, or I think London might get drank out of wine this evening. The Italians came in. Uh, Federico Chiesa scored the first goal in the 60th minute. Uh, Alvaro Maratta uh, scored the equalizer in the 80th minute. Ended up going into PKs, and Italy... Uh, Italy got the win, 4-2 in PKs, and the Italians will be playing for the Euro final against the winner of England and Denmark, which is played tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern. That game with England and Denmark, it is England's game to lose. They are so loaded up, and I think have got such great potential to win it. The uh, the picks I read over at ESPN, a lot of it were calling for like England 3-1 wins over Denmark. So we know that the faithful are holding their breath in Wembley, really wanting to see that victory um, and see England return to a championship form. Because even though they're a well-known stalker country, they don't win as many big cups and stuff as other teams. Yeah, so they haven't won really, a big you know, international tournament since 1966. So the, the big motto that all the English fans will always say is, it's coming home. I mean, because England is kind of known for – uh, really being the founders of what we know today as soccer uh, throughout the world. So they they always talk about it in terms of it's coming home. England, in terms of the teams left, they they have the most dudes. You know, if you were to just count straight up dudes, uh, England England definitely is winning in that department. But Denmark is no slouch either, and they have uh, they have without without Christian Eriksen, Denmark has been playing sort you know very inspired soccer and the longer that the game stays zero zero the more listless the english fans are going to be in the stands 
and a party could turn into something not like a party real quick. They are anxious fans. They had, know they have a loaded team. I think it's they haven't let a goal happen all tournament yet, so this is really their contest to lose. I would... I, I think I stand with you, Connor. We here at French Dream Source would be very surprised if the English got knocked out. Um, I don't know. I, who knows what would happen? There might be a revolt. Maybe a strongly worded letter from the fan base. There might be another revolution. Some type of revolution. So, no, we've got a uh, – so we've got that going on. And just real briefly want to touch on Orlando City. They are playing Chicago – tomorrow and Orlando City's having some real injury issues. Uh, Antonio Carlos went down so that's three of their four starters at the back line are now injured between Ruan Moutinho and Antonio Carlos uh, who Antonio Carlos as a center back was actually getting some MVP consideration in MLS so uh, be interesting to follow Orlando City especially their defense which was rock solid um, you know, they're having to rely on some guys that might not be ready to shoulder the load. Could be more time for Vanderwater. That's what it could truly be. Yeah, but Vanderwater, he's not a defender, though. No, but he's versatile enough. That would be that'd be fun to have old Vanderwater playing. Who knows? Got to make some adjustments, but, Austin, but Perea's really got to figure it out with that squad. They're still second in the MLS, and uh, they're still making moves. Yep, second. They're second in the East uh, right yeah. now, and you know, yet again, we're gonna not have DK around for a little bit. Uh, he's on the Gold Cup roster, so we'll we'll see. Uh, Pato's still injured, uh, so there's back to questions there at that at that lead striker position, that number nine spot, uh, as DK leaves the roster again. So uh, a few questions surrounding Orlando City, and hopefully they come up with some good answers. Hopefully they have some answers. Hopefully they power through injuries. Speaking of power through injuries, we what felt like to me a fast playoff series, even though we had some long series of fast playoffs, we're finally into the NBA Finals, Connor. And there's only one question, and that's not can you leave deer meat in the sun, but uh, will Giannis play? Will Giannis play? That he apparently uh, was doubtful this morning and has been upgraded to questionable uh, which did actually draw the line from Bucks as a six point uh, six point underdog to Bucks as a five and a half point underdog uh, you know it's it's interesting right there's a lot of questions and especially you know from when you're thinking about in terms of a seven game playoff series you kind of ask all right would would two days rest make this a lot, uh, make him that much better? Do, do you almost kind of not have him at all for game one just to have him throughout the rest of the series? Um, you know, Or is it something where you can let it go and just tape it up and hope for the best? So I obviously hope Giannis plays. I love seeing good on good. You always want to see good on good, but um, you know the last thing you want to see is a Kevin Durant-type situation for a couple years ago where he – you know, they probably rushed him back a little bit, but it was the finals and, and he got hurt and that really derailed derailed the finals and it derailed the Golden State Warriors and just not a good time. That uh that Kevin Durant injury you're talking about where we all watched his Achilles snap 
live on TV with the zoom in in Toronto. Yes, that one. That was that. I'll never forget watching that. You saw his you saw his muscle break like a like a rubber band. No, I I have. A what do you think, Rutledge? Is uh, is uh, Giannis going to play, or is there another star we need to be looking out for? I think it gives. Giannis provides the balance that the team needs, but we have to remember both these teams got here defensively. So we think of Giannis, yes, we think of him running the lane. He's had some shooting problems. He's not been the best shooter, but it's how are they going to step up? Luckily, with Drew Holiday on this Milwaukee lineup, this team has it more together than they did even last year when they were in the bubble where they really quickly flamed out of the playoffs. I can see that they may keep it close, but without Giannis, it's a totally different team. I actually pulled an interesting injury stat, and this is this this is to where you think the the basketball gods are shining down on the on the Suns as the Suns in their playoff run. They did not face a fully healthy AD, Kawhi, or Jamal Murray. And Connor Obi is bold as saying if Jamal Murray and that Nuggets team were together going into the playoffs. They may have they may have taken it to um, the Suns. It might have I think maybe a seven game series, but there's a possibility Phoenix wouldn't gotten out of that. Oh so yeah, no, have... I I think that the I think that the injury story in this playoffs. I mean that that's part of it. Uh, you know our half if our halftime hot take, as you might have remembered last week, was out of the remaining stars from the conference finals, who would you have to be a game winner? And part of that question wanted to highlight. You know, LeBron got injured. Jamal Murray got injured. There was no Steph. Um, at the time, I think that night, Trey Young got hurt. So uh, the, part of the story of this playoffs has definitely been that injury element. With a healthy Giannis, who I think we will both know will do like everybody else and Joel Embiid, and he'll play hurt. If you had a healthy Giannis, I liken this team to the exact same way of how the Bucks handled the Miami Heat. Now, the Miami Heat weren't as good as Miami Heat of last year, but Milwaukee definitely overhandled Miami, got the defense rolling, and got it to where Chris Middleton could start draining shots. So if Giannis is healthy, it's going to be a very interesting game to watch for sure. Well, let me let me ask you this. You know, we we're talking about Giannis and his injury. Um you know what? What do you think about uh, on the other side of it? As as we're talking about Chris Paul here and and everything, uh, it, apparently it came out that he has been fighting some injury uh, throughout the playoffs. I think with Chris Paul, even though he's been fighting some injury throughout the playoffs, he's still been a good orchestrator of the team and led the team. And their system is built a little different. We all, it's very obvious. Milwaukee is built kind of heavy to have Giannis carry them, and they've added pieces. We're going to tell how good of a shape Chris Paul is when he matches up against Drew Holiday. The trade for Drew Holiday was so that Milwaukee had a piece that could step in the defensiveness and help him be there. And this is where he's going to prove that when they gave away two draft picks, that they did not give away the farm to watch Phoenix put on a finals t-shirt. So Chris Paul could very much get stopped in this finals as Milwaukee did have the number one defense. Um, Suns had the second one, but it could be, we could watch a very defensive series. What, what kind of impact, you know, you talked about Drew Holiday and, and, uh, and Chris Middleton, who do you think is 
if you were to rank kind of the best players in the series, just kind of start, you know, who's the number one best player, number two, so on and so forth. Who are, who do you think is the number one best player in the series? Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you mine and then you have to give me yours. Okay. So I think not injury. I think the number one player in the series is Giannis. So I have him as number one. Who's your number one? I think that I'm going to go, I'm going to go CP three. I'm going to go Chris Paul. I think, although maybe definitely not the most talented player in the series, as I kind of have jokingly said throughout the course of the season, he's probably not the the most talented player on his team, but boy, do they need him. And the way that Chris Paul, you know, is able to wrap his arm around guys and be able to be that coach on the floor for Monty Williams with a lot of young players, I think has been very impactful for the Suns. And on the and, and I'm going to get to why I put Giannis number two here in a second. But Rutledge, who's your number two? Chris Paul for a lot of the same reasons that you said. I mean, Giannis can do dunks like that, run down the lane every time. So Chris Paul can't. He can't deliver as much. Now they're two different dudes. I think I agree with those Chris Paul. Chris Paul has definitely the Chris Paul effect, which was a stat we talked about in an earlier show. He makes teams better. Um, I think if you were to if they were to finish, if the Suns win, I think Chris Paul needs to be the MVP of the finals. Even before they've played a game because of how important he is to that team. Mm, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, we're, we're doing a little swap rooney here. I, I think Giannis is the second most important player um, here in this finals. And I think maybe before going into this, uh, if you would have backed us up to uh, games six and seven of the of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals when Giannis was out. You know, the Bucks actually played really well. Their offense flowed really well. And in some ways, you know, when you have that big superstar, especially a guy like Giannis who isn't necessarily a shooter, but more of a drive-the-lane kind of guy. And, and, you know, Giannis is a guy who struggled at the free throw line. Uh, I think that you know, when he's not on the floor, sometimes the Bucks can move the ball better because they have to play more team-oriented basketball, and they have some good players. So, um, you know, I think Giannis is obviously very important, especially on the defensive end. But uh, you know, he that that's kind of why I put him number two as best player okay. in the series. Who's your number three? My number three. Here's where it could probably get a little bit interesting. I'm going to go Devin Booker. Um, I think Devin Booker's impact as the most talented player on Phoenix uh, is it cannot be overstated. And I think that, you know, he's going to be that guy, that last shot kind of guy um, that the Suns would need to rely on in one of those games. Uh, Chris Paul would be one of those players if you need to get free throws. But if you're drawing up that last shot, I think Devin Booker's it. And I think that Devin Booker um, – I would kind of assume that he's going to be a little bit more consistent than a Chris Middleton or a Drew Holiday. So I say that as he drives the lane and gets swatted. So swatted, like a fly. I actually agree with you. I, as I blow right past him, I uh, I also picked Devin Booker for a lot of the same reasons. He, You're right. He's the most – I think he is the most talented and important player of the Suns. Um, 
And I think I would put Chris Middleton at number four just because Middleton provides that really strong shooting guard from Milwaukee, and he's had a pretty good overall playoff series. But with those two, that's where it is. So I'm excited for this finals. We're going to pick the finals in our halftime hot take. Um, so hot, so take. So Let me ask hot. you this, Rutledge. What food, which city's food would you rather have in your finals? A pre-halftime hot take, if you will. Oh, absolutely, 100% Milwaukee. Milwaukee's all about beer and cheese and sausages. And, Connor, we both went to a wedding from Milwaukee. I didn't fit into the clothes I packed for that wedding after spending one weekend in Milwaukee. I ate, I ate cheese with every meal. Like, I didn't go to the bathroom for a week. Well, that is th – here's another place where we differ. Milwaukee definitely has their cheese game on fleek. So does Phoenix, though, and – all the Tex-Mex so you can get all that queso fundido. So mix your chorizo with your cheese. And Phoenix actually has a ton of craft beer floating around that city between Phoenix and Scottsdale. Uh, you get a lot of L.A. Southwest vibe, a lot of uh, folks from L.A. who migrated into Phoenix. So the food game is getting stronger and stronger. Downtown Scottsdale has a ton of great restaurants. So I think we're going to have to differ there. Wow. Well, I guess now we're just going to have to pause and go to halftime hot takes, and we're going to have to sit here and pick where we think the NBA Finals goes. What is your series, and who wins it for halftime hot takes? I, I'm going Suns win in six. I think that Suns will win more close games, and the Bucks will get two blowouts because their peak is higher. But I think the Suns are going to play more consistently throughout the series. I'm going... Bucks and six. Whoa. If Giannis is healthy. Oh, no, I you think... can't do that. You got to come on, man. You got to get on that corner. I'm committing. I'm committing, though. Bucks and six. I think Giannis will come back and play. I think he maybe he'll he'll try to play tonight. But I think Bucks and six. Um, Suns are going to be good. Now, they have an uphill battle against them. This going into this series, it feels like people really want Phoenix to win. So I'm saying Bucks and six because I think. This team could outhandle this Phoenix team, but I think this will be the hardest team that Phoenix has had to play. But they've also haven't had to play any team at 100% through this playoff journey. And they had trouble tucking away the, I can't believe they're the Clippers, the Clippers. Mm. Good to hear. That's a pretty quick halftime hot take. That's a really quick halftime hot take. Normally we have more of a take. Brought to you by stopwatches. Brought to you by takes. Brought to you by take me take out. tacks. Tic tacks. Take me out. Brought to you by take me out to the ball game with the big blue machine. And we're going to talk about the Dodgers. We're going to acknowledge that the Trevor Bauer situation is bad. And that needs to be handled appropriately because that's a very big deal. But we're not going to go too far into it because that's not, that's not what we do on this show. So, Connor, our team of the week, while they have some bad news going on for something really bad that happened, is the Dodgers. But they're on a run right now. That they are. That they are. The Dodgers. Well, it's interesting. They've got, they got no hit uh, about a week and a half ago by the Cubs. 
and then they ripped off nine in a row. They actually lost last night to the Marlins. Uh, the, currently, they're leading the Marlins in the top of the fourth. And, you know, I, part of the story with the Dodgers has a lot to do on the injury side. They haven't had their full complement of players uh, throughout a lot of the season. Um, you know, as reigning World Series champs. And, you know, now we're starting to see some guys get healthy. We're starting to see some guys uh, come back and play pretty well for those Dodgers. Yeah, their uh, their bullpen is really helping them as they're coming around. They had, over the last nine games, their bullpen had an ERA of .76. So I thought that was really impressive. But you're right. It's weird how they got no hit by the Cubs, and the Cubs have not done very well since that game. So they've both gone in different directions. Um, also, something that's helped the Dodgers is they signed Albert Pujols because the Angels wanted to give Otani more time to play. So it felt a little strange seeing Pujols in the blue when I first looked at pictures of him, but he's definitely helped bring some life into that lineup. Oh, no doubt, life as well as um, life as well as just that veteran presence, right? It's yeah, he's been there, he's done that. He's obviously not the Albert Pujols of old, but um, but man, I think he, I think I think he's a guy that yeah he's not the Albert Pujols of old because he is old, uh, but no I think he will uh, continue to provide a lot of good just a good presence in that locker room and be able to uh, you know kind of even the keel for guys when things go wrong you know what a long season baseball is that is you know you want to talk about something where personalities matter and you know it's when you're in the dog days of summer. And you got to fly down, take a cross-country trip from L.A. to Miami, and you've lost a couple in a row. And, you know, your buddy, your seat buddy on the airplane is used to snoring. You know, what are you going to do? How, how, are, how is that going to be helpful? So I think Pujols is going to have a lot of big impact and, and things like that to really help even this team out and help, help them overtake the Giants. Because as stacked as the Dodgers are, they're not even the best team in their division right now. No, they definitely had a lot of work to do in order to catch up to. And last night when I was looking at stats, they were tied with the Giants. But when we started doing MLB Team of the Week, it really looked like the Giants had the West in control. And I still stand on something I teased out earlier, that between the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers, this is the best division in at least in the National League, if not in all of baseball right now. So it'll be fun to see what this looks like. Once we get into September um, or August and September, pushing closer and closer to October. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And you know, the uh, as the Dodgers continue to get healthy, it'll be really fun to see how they gel together as a team. Uh, and who knows, with two wild card slots, you know, they're still in contention to have three teams from the NL East, or pardon me, the NL West, be in the playoffs. So. Uh, could have a lot of those late night starts. I'm, I am, you know me. I'm not into late night starts, and uh, but that could we could still have some nine o'clock first pitch World Series games. But are you? But are you sleeping on the Dodgers? I think that's the real thing to talk about. Not sleeping on the Dodgers, and I think that they're going to continue to be a force throughout throughout this season, and. Um, yeah, they are. Kershaw is still killing it, um, and 
Justin Turner still killing. I mean, they, you know, they just have such a big payroll, right? Their payroll, like, makes the Yankees look like the Rays in some regards. And, to th- I mean, to think about that, you know, the Dodgers have gone out and just spent boatloads of money, and they are getting the results there. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, it's uh, there is a little bit of cachet value to the Dodgers, which I think can, can never be – you know, it's always it, – baseball's fun when the Dodgers are good. That's just kind of it's just kind of a thing. They're just one of those teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm Rutledge, have, have I ever told you my Oral Hershiser story? No, please do. You know who Oral Hershiser is, right? Yes, but tell the people. So Oral Hershiser, for those who might not know, uh, pitcher for a few teams, pitched for the Mets, uh, the uh, the Indians. Uh, he he pitched. In the, uh, before I went to the Indians, he was with the Dodgers, but with the Indians, he got there to the World Series and actually pitched against your Atlanta Braves, Rutledge, unsuccessfully. Um, but in the Dodgers' World Series win of 1988, uh, Oral became known as the Bulldog, and uh, he had a just ridiculous streak of uh, you know shutout innings there and just really crushed it so like a lot of professional baseball players oral spent time in orlando uh, in the off season you know has he has kids our age and i remember being out with him on a golf course and getting to watch getting to watch it was my first time getting to watch a professional baseball player a professional pitcher hit a baseball rutledge have you ever seen the professional a professional baseball player play golf no, I have not. I clearly didn't have the same life as you did. Is oh. The only thing I saw was professionally people eat macaroni and cheese. Oh, Oral Hershiser, I, I will never forget the first time I was around somebody where I just said, man, that golf ball sounds different. That golf ball feels, it looks different. Like we were at a, you know, pretty standard driving range and he was hitting it to the back of the driving range. Like they had to move people off of the back of the driving range because they didn't want Oral Hershiser to hit them with golf balls. That's amazing. Yeah. So super into that. Very much a fan of uh, fan of the Dodgers. I think I think uh, we'll have a lot of fun as this season winds down. We will. I have their their upcoming schedule as they've got. So they finished their series with the Marlins. Then on the ninth, they are at home to play Diamondbacks for a three-game series. Sweep. They go to Col- – yeah, sweep for sure. They go to Colorado and play the Rockies for four games, and then we will watch this series closer. They play the Giants. They host the Giants for a four-game series, which is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series. So I'm excited oh. to see how those two match up, being division rivals. Um what's that game going to look like. But that's pretty much their schedule for – then they play the Rockies again. So they have a very favorable schedule for them going down the stretch. And, and what will be fun about that uh, Dodgers – about that series is – I know the Dodgers are ranked second in the MLB right now in terms of run differential. I believe they're at a 120 run differential. And the Giants are also killing it on run differential. And that's a – for those folks who might not follow baseball as much, that's a great stat to kind of look at to see if a team's, like, really good or not. Or maybe a team is playing a little bit below or above uh, – kind of above their pay grade. And the, the Dodgers are at 120. 
Giants are also ranked very high. So when that series comes out, it'll be a lot of fun to, to get to follow that. We'll definitely see how they go and how they progress going through. Um, I want to see if their strategy, if they put a lot of, they like to walk a lot and just load the bases. So it seems like that's working for them, but it's good to, it's good to catch a team that's heating up at the right time. Kind of like my, uh, kind of like my Phoenix Suns here on you. Yeah, your third quarter there was pretty hot. That was a uh, that was that was not that great. I didn't have a good time there. This team is not good without Giannis. You know what I did have a good time doing? Speaking of good times, I had a really great time this past weekend watching Joey Chestnut be maybe not one of the greatest athletes, but definitely one of the greatest competitors of all time, winning his 14th. Uh, Nathan's annual hot dog eating contest mustard belt. I mean, there are, there are few athletes that are as dominant in their sport as Joey Chestnut has been in the hot dog eating contest. He ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes and the number two person ate 50. Like, That's just devotion to your craft and your body. That is that... You know, when, when I when I was in high school and I, uh, you know, was on our high school weightlifting team, you know, some guys, when you play individual sports, you know, some guys will get really into competing against other guys, and you know, or gals, this, that, and the other. And I always kind of said, you know, I'm just going to compete against the weight. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to, you know, do the weight that I need to do. And I feel like in a lot of ways, Joey wasn't even competing against the folks right next to him. He was competing against Mother Nature itself and brother nature like he took both mother nature and brother nature on uh in terms of what he could do to his body and he won i wonder what his colon like cleanse repertoire is before he eats like is he really into like ginseng or something yeah those professional eaters they they uh they do like a big flush but something to still keep their stomach large that's awesome what a guy what a guy Speaking of awesome at least in my opinion, awesome. Connor and I want to take our time to talk about how um, legislation has been passed and rules have been coming out where short term, what it means is that players can start to get paid for their likenesses in college sports. This is their name, image, and likeness, or as it's referred to, it's the NIL law for the NCAA. Now this is, of course, has to be how each state and school manages these but you may one day see a commercial for a player talking about shoes or talking about clothes, or you might drive down through your college town and see your quarterback for your football team and his face on a billboard saying, I don't know, something about trucks. But either way, Connor, I want us to go through this from a player perspective and from a fan perspective, and since we both know that I was not a college football player. I think you should start us off with what is the player perspective of this finally coming true and happening? Yeah, uh, and before I do that, I want to share uh, one of the new promotions that came out that's like the most Miami thing ever. Giannis is just getting rebounds. That's not very Miami of him. He's killing no. it. Um, so the Miami Hurricanes, uh, right near their right near their uh, college, there's a big MMA gym there. And apparently this person, this MMA gym owner is going to offer 500 bucks a week to every scholarship athlete on the Miami Hurricanes 
uh, to represent his gym, which could mean that this person might pay over 500K throughout the course of the season uh, for the name, image, and likeness of the Miami Hurricanes on his MMA gym. And I think that's awesome. Uh, um, that is awesome. That's very Miami. Now, um, as from the player perspective, you know, it, it from a Division three standpoint, right? I don't, I don't think that, you know, I, I still think Alabama is going to get the best players, and you know, folks are still going to want to play for Coach Saban and things like that. One of the things that I'm really interested in seeing happen is looking at the. Um, Seeing like the random Division Three person, seeing the random, you know, non-sports team or non, you know, big-time team athlete who's very charismatic, you know, may, or or somebody who, you know, does something awesome and gets a good following going, and being able to cash in off of that. So you could have a Wheaton College person get a big donut contract. I don't know. I think that'd be a ton of fun. And, you know, from the, from the standpoint of getting that scholarship, you know, the always remember on the other side of that argument was always, well, players are getting free college and that, I mean, you can't put a price on that. Well, if you think about it, actually you can, right? You know, when, if you're staying in state, even if you're out of state, staying at a, going to a private school, right? Mostly that's going to be around 100k throughout the course of your time plus training and coaches will probably say each each athlete you know gets 200 to 250k i'm going to use an example from the university of florida uh when in rutledge is going to pay me to say it one of the greatest college football players of all time if not the greatest college football player of all time tim tebow when he was playing for the university of florida Rex, I loved Rex Grossman. Actually, I thought I thought he was awesome, uh, I, mainly when he was playing for the Bears. But I, uh, when, I just couldn't help myself with throwing out Rex Grossman. When Tim Tebow was there playing, playing for the Florida Gators, and he was getting, you know, he was uh, from Florida, so you know, good student. So he probably would have gotten Florida bright future. So he probably would have gotten a lot of his college paid for, plus could have gotten a job. But, you know, you go to the Florida Gator game, you go to the Swamp, and what do you see all of a sudden? Out of those 90,000 people sitting in the stands, you see 45,000 fresh, brand-new, 15 blue Florida Gator jerseys. I'm sorry. Do you know who that 15 for Florida Gators are? That's Tim Tebow. You know, that, that kind of way of getting around wearing a player's number without it actually being that player I thought was total garbage. And it took me watching Tim Tebow to really realize, you know, man, the fact that he doesn't get any of that is pretty bogus. Meanwhile, if you if if you look at stats of who the some of the highest paid state employees are in our country, you know, the highest paid state employee in the state of Alabama is Nick Saban. Uh, I believe in Kansas, it's Bill Self, head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. When it's uh, South Carolina, I believe Davo Swinney is is the highest paid state employee, you know, plus all the other ancillary pieces there. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm into it, and it'll just be it'll be a lot of fun to see some fun stories of uh, players getting to cash in on their name, image, and likeness. Finally, my final thought before I let you share. Uh, thank you for letting me hog. 
I think that this is going to open up a lot of conversations and, and some courses and training for those college kids of navigating life. Uh, in this age of social media, right, I think that it's going to be really important for players to be able to dunk like Giannis as well as handle all the things that uh, the ancillary uh, the ancillary, you know, hardships and hard parts of, of being a, have being 19 and having a sponsorship at a truck dealership. So I think there's a lot of good stuff that's going to come out of it. I definitely think and with that, I, that's a good point. I didn't think about, we're going to have some player is going to do something dumb and they're going to lose their sponsorship money. They're going to have a deal with let's just say Puma, for example, and Puma's going to pull out because they're going to say or do something stupid. Go back to the, give it a better example, the Ole Miss player who uh, pretended to pee like a dog on the pylon, or the Florida player that threw a shoe. Those could be negative things that could impact your brand and your image and your likeness and then take money out of your pocket. So I think you're right, Connor. That is a point that hasn't been made. I agree with you on the jersey topic, and I was going to say that as well, um, being as I fell in love with college football after I moved from Canada, I always thought it was very strange that you would go in and find jerseys with players' numbers on it, and that person wasn't going to make any money, yet they were the one making that jersey famous. I, as a fan, am very excited. Now, I think that that is because... I, as a younger fan, I remember what it was like to go to college. Remember how you sort of, you're broke, you don't have any money, things feel expensive. And for them, or for an athlete, you know, that's a big part of what you do in college as well as your athletics. I'm. We know that this is going to be big for players at the top. So when I was doing my notes, I thought of what a cool shoe commercial it could have been for Zion when he like exploded his Nike shoes when he was at Duke or could have, you know, I don't know, could have Adidas gone and signed him and put him on a shoe deal to show how good quality their shoes are. Cause they, cause they, Giannis can't break through them. Make some type yeah. of eighties esque Bo knows best, almost sports commercial for Zion at Duke, which I thought would have been cool. That would have been a ton um, of fun for sure. You know, they, it's not just the Alabama starting quarterback, you know, they are going to have uh there was an yeah. LSU gymnast that signed a deal. There's two Fresno State college basketball players who've already signed a deal. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix has signed a deal. There's a lot of a lot of stuff coming down. I think what it excites more for the fan is it's going to make us more connected with appreciating who players are sooner so that they're not unknown stars once they get into the NBA. And it could bring back college video games because I think there is because the college game is so unique on the basketball and football side to see those video games come back into the fold and EA has released statements that they're trying to figure it out for at least the football side I think is exciting. So this is a good thing. Oh yeah, no, that'll be super fun. Oh, I've got some breaking news here as we finish out tonight. Can I get some Break breaking it. news music? Breaking news. Giannis to play game one of finals, sources say. Oh, Bucks in five. Whoa. Is that your first pick of the night? I'm picking Bucks in six. I'm holding that for a pick of integrity. Wow, nice. My, uh, My other pick is I'm picking England will win 
in their game. I'm saying England will win, and I'm saying Argentina will win as I'm picking soccer games. Ah. Um, I, I do see Argentina with the win. Um, you know, I, I'm going to pick Argentina. I'm going to pick England. And I'm actually I'm picking Suns to take game one this evening. I am taking – if I were to pick game one tonight, I agree with you on Suns. But I think long game, it's a Buck series. There you go. Any any other picks we need to make? We have uh, – congratulations to Chase Elliott as he won the Jockey Made in America two, uh, 250 presented by Quick Trip uh, last week at Road America. This week, the NASCAR is back in the south as they are at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And for our poll winners, I'm going to give someone who's not having a big year, and I'm still holding faith in him, and I'm going to think that this weekend is when we have a better emergence of Kevin Harvick. Ooh, Kevin Harvick. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, you know, I, I'm picking someone, another another sleeper pick, um, I think is going to have a really good race and have a really good showing, and that is going to be Brad Keselowski. That could be good. I mean, because it's really easy to just pick Hendricks cards, and we could just say Kyle Larson every week and probably be right. That Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Well, well, we've kind of come to the end of our show. What a show. What a good time. You know, thank you to everyone out there that came and watched us. Also, thank you to um, everyone seeing us out there in the world. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us. We didn't plug that as much tonight as we normally do, but we wouldn't be here without you. But, Connor, it's uh, it feels good. feels good to be streaming some sports. Absolutely, Rutledge, and can't wait to have you, have you back next week and go from there as we march towards football season. Well, as we continue the march on, I'm going to go watch some basketball. Connor is going to go to bed, but I'm Rutledge. And I'm Connor. Have a great night.